Hi, Neha Gandhi here, CEO at Girlboss and your host for Mentor Memos. I wouldn't be here today if it weren't for all of the amazing mentorship that I've gotten over the years. And I'm so grateful for all of the women who have guided my path. That's also why I'm so thrilled to have you tuned in for this podcast, which was made possible thanks to our wonderful friends over at Tresemme. Like us, Tresemme understands the current system just wasn't built with women in mind. But we can help women become tomorrow's leaders when we give them the tools and resources that we all need to move forward. Today, I'm talking to Justine Marjan, a bicoastal celebrity hairstylist who also serves as the global stylist for Tresemme. Justine apprenticed under hairstyling icon Jen Atkin and helped with the launch of Jen's main addicts. Justine has worked her hair magic on everyone from the Kardashians to supermodels Ashley Graham and Chrissy Teigen to actress Carrie Washington. Joining her in conversation is her mentee, Kathleen Riley, who is also a stylist and a contributor at Maine Addicts. Here's our conversation. Justine Marjan and Kathleen Riley, welcome to Mentor Memos. Thank you. Thank you. We're so excited to have you. Justine is an incredible hairstylist who I think many of us have admired on Instagram and in so many other places for a while now. She is the global stylist for Tresemme. And she is a bicoastal celebrity hairstylist who has worked with iconic clients like Kim Kardashian, Ashley Graham, and Olivia Culpo, among so many others. But really, she is an artist who also is really devoted to mentorship and to helping bring other women up along with her. So Justine, tell me a little bit about your work and what you're proudest of. Well, working with Tresemme has been a big career accomplishment because they've given me so many opportunities, including leading the hair backstage for Project Runway and uh, backstage at New York Fashion Week, which has been just an incredible career bucket list. And then in addition to that, I recently launched a line of hair accessories last year with Kitsch, which has been really exciting and fun and buzzworthy on Instagram and I have some new launches coming up with that which actually Kathleen was at my shoot last week helping me with that and then I work with GHD and a bunch of other brands so I really feel like that's been my path uh, the past couple years which has been really fun and exciting. Amazing. And we actually have a girl boss hair accessory that we did for yes, the rally this year. That's so right. cute. Mm-hmm. That was really fun. I would love for you to tell us a little bit about your mentee, Kathleen, who is here with us. What inspires you the most about Kathleen? Well, I first met Kathleen through a mutual friend, Mariana Hewitt, who is a blogger I'm sure you guys all know. (laughs) And Kathleen was recommended by Mariana when she first moved here to L.A. She kind of put us in touch and Kathleen assisted me a few times and then came with me to New York Fashion Week And she's just has a really great work ethic and a really positive attitude, which is honestly really hard to find in the day of social media or the age of social media. So really respect that about her. And I feel like she is a hustler and she stays driven and motivated. And that's something that I really like in anyone. What is the process like for vetting an assistant for something like New York Fashion Week? Do you just have a conversation? Is the reference from Mariana enough? Does she do an audition? How does it work? 
usually when I first get an assistant, if it's someone that's going to be working with me regularly, I like to spend some time with them. So usually I invite them to my house and we do like organizing and going through products, organizing my kit, that kind of stuff. And then you kind of get to know their personality. And then it's really important that you trust that person, especially when I work with celebrities. You can't just be bringing over like random people all the time to their house. Like it's such an intimate space. So you really have to make sure it's someone that you feel comfortable with and that you know will respect the space that you're in. I think Kathleen helped me with that kind of stuff, like running errands in the beginning. And then I brought her to New York Fashion Week. But usually when I find the rest of my team for Fashion Week, I don't necessarily meet them beforehand. And I find a lot of people on Instagram. And then it's kind of just a trial and error. Now I'm going on my, I think, sixth season with Tresme. So I have a pretty solid team that's I've kind of filtered through and found some great people that I can rely on each season. But it's just it's different person to person. Kathleen, what was that like for you? Because you moved here from Florida specifically to become a hairstylist and sort of to make it. And you get this introduction to Justine. And what happens? It was really overwhelming. It was an amazing experience. I didn't know what it was going to be like moving here. And for her to kind of like take me under her wing was it's just something that you like you dream of. You know, you never think that you're going to even meet someone like that and then be to be able to work side by side with someone like that. And then she gave me the opportunity to work with her um, for New York Fashion Week. And that was something, again, that was you only dream of things like that. I, you know, I went to school and I figured like, okay, I'm going to come out of school and you see New York Fashion Week and you're like, I wish I could do that in my lifetime, let alone like pretty soon after graduating school. I remember calling my mom after New York Fashion Week crying like, I can't believe the opportunity I had. Me and my mom used to uh, watch Project Runway. And when Justine got on the show, my mom called me like, oh, my God, did you see Justine is on the show? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I saw that she's on the show. So it was like really like a full circle moment. That's incredible. It's like circumstances placed you with the exact right person. And what was your approach sort of walking into that experience? It sounds like you were really aware of how big an opportunity this was for you. What did you do to make sure that you weren't going to waste the opportunity? I just made sure that whatever she needed, like my job is to make sure that her job runs smoothly. So if she was like, I need you to fly to the moon and back, I'd be like, okay, (laughs) I'll be right back. So you just have to kind of take it in, understand your responsibility. And then she kind of gave me the responsibility of making sure that everyone was doing what they needed to be doing. Because while we're backstage, she has like a trillion people trying to interview her and she's trying to show them the hair that she's doing for the show. So I kind of just watched over everyone to make sure that the hair that they were doing was up to her standard. You get to be her second set of eyes, right? Yes. (laughs) And Justine, it does. I mean, for anyone who hasn't been backstage at New York Fashion Week before, it's absolute chaos and it's hard work and that's like packed into a handful of hours. How do you think about balancing sort of managing a team that maybe you don't know that well and also showing up as a leader and someone who's going to inspire them and lead them and guide them while you're under this immense pressure? I think it's really important just to stay calm because your team feeds off of your energy. So if I was back there being like a wreck and being stressed out, then my whole team would be stressed out. So I think as long as I can stay calm, then I can trust that everyone else will stay calm. They kind of follow your lead. And then having 
the certain people that are an extension of you that can help you because there's like 20 stylists you have to look after. It's impossible for one person to do. So having people like Kathleen and my other assistant, Haley, where I, I know that they know what I'm looking for and I could trust them to, you know, have the eyes that I need or to touch up someone or help someone if they need help is really important. And then I think also just not overthinking it. Like people take it so seriously backstage and Honestly, we're in a fun industry. Like, fashion is fun. Beauty is fun. Like, we should let that be fun for us. Um, it's really important. And also, it's over in, like, three minutes. Like, you spend, what, five hours backstage, Literally, and then yeah. it's over in three minutes. Mm-hmm. So it's that's just what it is. You got to let it go. <laughs> yeah. You can't dwell. Yeah. <laughs> What's something surprising about the experience of Fashion Week or something that you two experienced together that people might not know about what it's like backstage. I mean, I feel like we've had conversations like every time afterwards about like what we learned each time. Yeah. Each time was so different. And I feel like, I don't know, (laughs) expect the unexpected to say the very least. Like I remember, I forget what show it was, but everyone was like lined up to go out and last minute the designer was like, no, I want to change this. And we're all like, like straight panic. Totally. Like <laughs> so. all the girls had bows in their hair. Yes. Like we we spent so much time finding this like perfect ribbon to like do these bows. Like we put the bows in the hair and then right when they were lined up ready to go out, he's like, never mind, no more bows. <laughs> and so we're all like struggling, like running around trying to take the bows out of everyone's <laughs> oh hair. Oh my God. So it's just like you don't know what to expect. Yeah. Also like when you're in a creative field, everyone is like, crazy and so you have to expect that between like the designer and the creative director or art director like everything could change Mm -hmm. um without you knowing or at the last minute so you can't hold you also can't be attached to anything like you got to be ready to move on if they want to move on and uh have a good attitude about it and then also I think what I've learned like leading a team is that Things that seem obvious to me are not obvious to other people. So you really have to be clear about everything that you're doing or that you want other people to do. Like, I won't explain something because I'm like, oh, this is so, like, simple or, like, this is so obvious to me. But then if I don't explain it, no one does it. So I really have to articulate everything well and make sure that I explain everything in detail. Mm -hmm. That's a great point. And did you always feel, Kathleen, like you could get the answers that you needed when you didn't? know what to do next or something wasn't obvious I do because I feel like I understand like how she works kind of and I feel like she explains things pretty clearly but I could see how the team like we were doing a flat iron wave one Mm -hmm. year and the way that she holds the iron and the way that other people hold the iron it's like they're used to what they do but she's trying to (laughs) specifically say how she's doing it and I don't know it's tough backstage Mm -hmm. it really is yeah it's hard because you can't control like everyone else and everyone else like one person may think they're doing something exactly like you, but mm-hmm. they're not. Right. So it, that's really hard to get people to understand. And backstage, it's not about one person. Like we are all there to do something as a team. So I think that's really hard is setting egos aside mm-hmm. and just like doing what you have to for the sake of the team and like not taking things personally and being able to like, One time I had an assistant have to run to the beauty supply store and get a supply like in the middle of the show because Mm -hmm. we needed something backstage. Like you just have to be willing and able to take whatever comes your way. Mm 
So what happens in your relationship after this? I just started like looking up to Justine or I would text her and be like, I don't know how you do it all. Like I look up to you. You're amazing. Like I aspire to be someone like you in my career. I mean, this is something that's pretty common in like the hair industry. Like it's normal to have an apprenticeship. I Mm -hmm. think that that's what most stylists traditionally have done. It's not so common nowadays, but I mean, I had one, like the person I worked for before had one. Like it's, it was a very common thing because especially working with celebrities or backstage, you kind of have to have an intro. And so it's just kind of something that like gets passed down. Also, beauty school doesn't really teach you much. No. So what you <laughs> learn is what you learn from assisting. Mm-hmm. And one of the people who mentored you, Justine, was Jen Atkin, right? Mm-hmm. And what did you learn from her about how to be a good mentor and how to have an apprentice that would then be able to fly when they were done? I think I really learned to not be jealous. She's very generous with her knowledge and always shares everything and she doesn't hold on to things uh, too tightly. And I think that's something really hard in a competitive industry to not, you know, get stuck like this is my client, like Mm -hmm. no one else could do them or, you know, feeling insecure about referring someone to do someone if you're unavailable. So I think that that's something that she's really good at. And then I also think she's just so great at building relationships. And that's such a big part of Edinburgh industry that I don't think is talked about enough. Like half of getting a job is just if someone likes you. Like you just have to be a nice person. Mm -hmm. That's it, you know, and it's it sounds so easy, but it's really hard for a lot of people. It's so interesting. I mean, you do you make it sound so simple, but somehow like it's really challenging just to show up and be. Not an asshole. I think, yeah. <laughs> too, I think, too, like you said, a lot of people, they just want to feel comfortable and like they can trust their hairstylist. So that's really like half the battle is creating that bond and trust uh, with your client. Mm-hmm. What have you learned from Justine, either by watching or things that she's told you or she's like pulled you aside and like, did you see what just happened here? Hard work. You got to hustle like you cannot cheat the hustle like you got to grind like as freelance stylists we only have ourselves like you cannot just chill and mm-hmm. she could be here today and gone tomorrow it, exactly mm-hmm. and like the amount of success that she has is crazy to see what she still does on the day to day she's still doing hair tutorials she's still making mood boards she's still you know showing us literally if you want to learn how to do how she does anything, you can go to her page and she shows you, which is amazing. Not that many people do that. Like they're scared or insecure that people are going to take their spot or, you know, learn how to do something better than them. Or, But she's so willing to share and teach, really. And on the other side of that, she has branded herself like as a whole and not just a hairstylist. And I really look up to that because she does her workouts and eats healthy and then you look at my page and I'm not even on it. <laughs> so I, I aspire to be like that. I need to kind of open up more and I really look up to that. Yeah. And you're talking about Instagram specifically, yes. right? Yeah. And you told me something interesting when we were talking earlier about how sometimes you think to yourself, what would Justine do right oh now? Oh my God, I do all the time. <laughs> I do say that, especially in like tough situations. I'm like, what would Justine do? And it's it's really helped me kind of decide some things, you know, with a client or it's usually like with a last minute opportunity. And I'm always like, what would Justine do? I know that she would take it and I just do it. And sometimes that means sacrificing. A thousand percent. That's yeah, this industry, you have to sacrifice a lot to be successful. 
You truly do. Yeah. And do you have any examples of moments where you've made the choice to say my career comes first right now versus whatever the other thing is? Yeah, a lot of times I've I've had situations where like it just happened recently. My brother was being inducted into the Hall of Fame for um, our high school, and I had a client that I had to fly back for, and I had to miss it. So wow. you kind of just it, it's hard because your career just kind of has to come first, especially in the beginning years of your career. Because in my opinion, you're always like one client or one opportunity away from it changing your entire career path. So. And how do you think about that now? Because you are really established. And I feel like, Justine, you have the opportunity now, hopefully, to turn down work and to call the shots. Thank God. How do you know when you're at that point where you're like, you know what? I can stay at my brother's Hall of Fame induction <laughs> or whatever the I thing know. is. It's so hard. I've been in L.A. for six years now. And probably it's just been like the past six months that I've felt like that. But, oh, wow. like, I have a million stories like Kathleen's. Like, when I was an assistant, one time I was walking into a Soul Cycle class, like, literally open the door, going into the class, and then I get a text that's like, can you be here in five minutes? And I was like, okay, turning <laughs> around, going back to my car, driving and over mm-hmm, there. Mm-hmm. So many instances like that. But one of them, like she said, changed my life. Like, when I – I think I was in my car driving, and then Jen Atkin was like – do you know how to do cornrows? And I was like, yeah. And I sent her a picture of cornrows I had just done like the day before or something. And she's like, okay, Kim wants them. Can you be there in 30 minutes? <laughs> and I was like, okay. So I went there. I haven't said this, but I was watching YouTube videos on like how to do like, like adding hair in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On the drive there, which is not safe. Now I have a self-driving car. So Amazing. <laughs> it's safer. Goals. This was years ago. So I went there and I did it and I just figured it out. And that was when she started wearing braids all the mm-hmm, time. Mm-hmm. And her braids like blew up and everyone was copying her braids. Mm-hmm. And that was like, I would call that like my big break, like when that put me on the map. Because sure. I had a bunch of like stories about braids and like it was everywhere and it was like such a big moment for me. And But that was, if I didn't see that text message, right. if I was in the workout right. and didn't look at my phone for 30 right. more minutes, mm-hmm. if I if I was too nervous to add the hair into mm-hmm. the braids where I was like, oh, I don't know how to do that. Like, no, you watch a YouTube video, you go there and you figure and you it out it. and you act like you know what you're doing mm-hmm. because that's how you get ahead in life. <laughs> <laughs> but so then you got to be the stylist behind Kim Kardashian's braids. And I can so clearly picture what that hair looked Mm -hmm. like. But that also comes to like the generosity again that you're talking about with Jen, where she wasn't like, these are my braids because I'm the stylist. Mm -hmm. and Justine's just my assistant. Mm -hmm. How do you think about paying that forward? Because that's such a powerful theme of, you know, not just rising to the top, but bringing someone up with you. Mm hmm. I just think, like, that's what we have to do as women. I think I've mentioned this to you before, but I think that it's so important that women support other women because men do it for each other. Mm -hmm. And if we're not doing it for each other, no one's going to do it for us. There's been more opportunities that I've been given in my career that have come from women than that have come from men. And I think that Oftentimes, there's less opportunities available for women, so we all feel like we have to compete and fight for that one spot, like to be the token woman in the room or, you know, the one hairstylist that's a woman that people know. Even growing up, I didn't – there were two hairstylists that I knew that were like 
well-known names that probably most people didn't even know their names growing up. But I could have still named a million male stylists or male makeup artists. Now it's changing and you can name more people. But I think that it's really important that we don't look at other women as competition and we don't feed that narrative. And that the only way that we'll keep getting lifted up is if we do it together. And so... Like Kathleen, I've referred her to do like a million shoots and like Mm -hmm. different opportunities. And part of the reason why I do that is because I know she's going to say yes. Mm -hmm. Like I know I can count on her and I know that she has that positive attitude. And now she's doing amazing things. Like she's doing Sophia Richie like every day. (laughs) Amazing. And then same with like my other assistant Haley's doing Stoss and Victoria Mm -hmm. for like really cool shoots. And I'm happy for them. Like I don't look at it and get... Like sad. I mean, I'm sad because I want them to be with me forever, <laughs> but I'm happy for them because that's what they've been working so hard for. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. And how do you think about that in the larger context of the industry? And I'd love to hear both of your perspectives on this because, you know, beauty is so interesting because as an industry, beauty is talking to almost exclusively women. It's mm-hmm. not just women, but the largest consumers of this industry are women. But many of the people making decisions are actually men. And are there barriers and obstacles that come with that as a woman working as a hairstylist? Definitely. I think that, like I said, men are more likely to refer another man for a job. Um, Most of the time, I am not referred to by other men in the industry. And I think that I don't know why that is. Like, I really can't put my finger on it. Like, you have relationships with male stylists. They're just not referring you. Totally. And I also think it's a hard industry when you are servicing a woman because there is the stereotype of, like, the male hairdresser, Mm -hmm. like, you know, that's just been there since, what, the 70s or 80s. Like, that's always in every movie. You don't see a female hairstylist. Like, it's the male hairstylist. So I think it's just a stereotype that's perpetuated by the industry, but it's changing. And then I also think that when you are working on a woman, a lot of women are insecure. And Mm -hmm. so they feel more confident if a man is telling them that they look good than if a woman is telling them that they look good. So that's just something, like... (laughs) I'd say most of my clients now are very confident women, and that's probably because they're confident enough to have a woman working on them. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I don't know. It's a hard thing. Hopefully it keeps changing. All right. We've been talking a lot about how we can all support one another and share openly with each other about things big and small. And in spirit of sharing something small, I have a small but mighty life hack that changes my productivity in a huge way called dry shampoo. I'm sure you're familiar with it as a hair product that makes it easy for you to keep your hair looking fresh every single day between washes, which let's be real, is a huge time saver. But did you know it's also one of the best ways to give your roots a little volume boost? Meaning on days when I'm running late and I don't have time to do much with my hair, a little spritz of this stuff gets me out the door fast and leaves me feeling great in my own skin. Mentor Memos is made possible by our friends at Tresemme, and their volumizing dry shampoo is pretty much a miracle worker. Not only does it leave your roots feeling super refreshed, but it adds volume. Plus, it doesn't leave any powdery white residue on my black hair. I know that having a great hair day isn't gonna be the thing that dictates whether or not you crush it at work, but getting out the door fast 
and feeling great about the way I look definitely starts things off on the right foot for me. To find out more about Tresemme's incredible line of products, visit Tresemme.com. That's T-R-E-S-E-M-M-E.com. Okay, now back to the show. Justine, how do you think about combating that? Because you have a really clear philosophy on the way you hire for assistants and the way you train these assistants and apprentices mm-hmm. in terms of how you think about the larger landscape and the impact you want to have. I mean, I always say to hire women. Um, I always refer women for jobs if they're, regardless of if it's just in the hair industry, like, I will refer you to a female spray tan girl, female (laughs) massage therapist, Uh someone to do your lashes, your nails, like whatever you want. I got it. I promise you there's a woman that could do it just as well as a man. So For for sure. (laughs) And then are you in the position, Kathleen, yet to refer people or are you still sort of waiting for the referrals to come? I do refer people all the time, actually. Like, if I can't do something, I'll refer Haley, which is her assistant now. Or if I'm not in town, I have Jen Atkins, two assistants I'm really close with, too. Amanda and Ironelle, I refer them for so much. Um, I have I have a really good core group of people that I feel super comfortable with referring and know that they'll take care of whoever I refer them to and they'll feel, feel comfortable. And, and that you could trust us. 100%. And it sounds like there is sort of this ripple effect, right? Mm -hmm. You have this community where you're paying it forward Mm -hmm. to these other women. They're paying it back to you. But it also bolsters each of your reputations when someone you refer shows up and does a great job. For sure. Mm -hmm. That just actually happened recently. Um, I couldn't do Sophia's hair, and I referred Amanda to do her. And she loved her. She was like, she was great. And it it, it feels good when you know that you kind of like created another relationship. I want to take a step back and talk a little bit about mentorship at large because it sounds like you did send an email, Kathleen, to Justine (laughs) as your formal intro, but you were never, you know, it wasn't like a check yes or no, be my mentor. I think something that sometimes holds people back from doing the cold email or DMing people is a fear of what could happen, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm curious, like, what's the worst that could happen? What is the worst that did happen? Well, literally, I mean, the worst that could happen is they don't respond, and that's kind of sad. But then they could say, you know, no, I'm not looking for someone right now. But at least you're, like, on their radar. Nobody was like, you're horrible. I can't believe you messaged me. (laughs) No, no one was like, wow, I hate you. Get away from me. (laughs) Everyone was pretty, pretty nice. Um, And Justine, what's your approach? Because I'm assuming you get a lot of DMs from people being like, I want to learn from you. And there's only so much time Mm -hmm. that you have. How do you handle that? First of all, I pay attention to if people pay attention to detail. If they do not spell my name right, then they are canceled. I've also gotten, like, I ask for a video resume, usually like a one-minute video that people send me. And I've, you know how many videos I've gotten where they go, hi, Jen, I'm sending this video, blah, blah. And I'm like, if you couldn't take the time to make a second video to send me that's not for Jen Atkin, then I don't, like, that means that you're lazy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So why would I want to hire someone like that? So there's a lot of instances like that or, like, where I could tell they copied and pasted an email and left, like, the last person's name in it. And for me, like we have such a detail oriented job that I look, I pay attention to that because if they're not, if they're sending an email out, that's bad. How can I trust that they'll send an email on my behalf that Mm -hmm. will be, you know, right. So that's what I look for a lot, um, like proper grammar and punctuation, just like little things like that, because that is important and it's overlooked a lot in like our industry because people think, oh, I'm a creative, like I don't need to spell right or 
you know, have pop- proper grammar. Mm-hmm. And then, like, paying attention to if they write a thoughtful message, not just like, hey, do you need an assistant? Say what you can do for me instead of what I can do for you mm-hmm. in your email. Because whatever, like I can do whatever, (laughs) you know, I'm happy to help you. But what are you going to bring to the table? Mm -hmm. Just write like a thoughtful message. I think that's really important. So you stand out. Also, don't be afraid to follow up. Like we get a lot of messages, emails. Sometimes I forget about them. I can't find it later when I'm like looking back. So don't be afraid to if we don't respond to follow up. Mm -hmm. And is there a too persistent? Like what's the other side of that line where (laughs) someone's like, what's too much following up? No, like don't email every day. But like you can email, you know, two weeks later Mm -hmm. or like six months later. Mm -hmm. You know, don't be afraid because even circumstances may change where maybe I didn't need someone six months ago, but now I do. Like for sure. My old assistant, Samantha, had applied like a year before and then I hired her like a year and a half later, Mm -hmm. you know, so you just never know how circumstances can change. That's awesome. Um, My last question for you guys is really about something that you said just now, Justine, which is it's a two-way street, right? Like you understand what you're bringing to the table in a mentor-mentee relationship, but there has to be something reciprocal happening there because you're learning just as much from that relationship, hopefully, as the other person. So I'm curious about what you've learned from Kathleen that has inspired you or made you think or just helped you sort of retool the way you work. Well, Kathleen is really great at social media, and that's something that's I think has really helped her in her career, too. Like, she has a really beautiful Instagram page, and when people look at her page, like, they want to work with her because she really shows her work well. And even if she's not busy with clients, she does, like, content shoots. Like, she'll team up with a makeup artist, and they will do looks or tutorials and post it on her page, and she always has really beautiful girl she's working on. So like you feel like you want to look like that. So you want her to do your hair. So I think she's really, really great at that. And she keeps like a really great um, consistency with the type of work that she does and the images that she posts. And then she's such a hard worker. Like I love to see how everything has paid off for her now and that she's still, you know, she's building her clientele and making connections. And it's just nice to see hard work payoff. That's really Thank nice. You, Justine. <laughs> <laughs> and then Kathleen, I know you talked a little bit about what you've observed in Justine mm-hmm. and what you've learned watching her at Fashion Week and in so many other places. Mm-hmm. But is there anything else that sort of you keep in mind in that sort of what would Justine do sort of corner of your brain? Um, I would say I'm just like thankful to her for always like willing to teach me and I'm super willing to learn. So it's really hard to find someone that's um, willing to share her information like that. One example I have, we shot a music video, music video shoots, I don't know if you know, are like 20 hours long. And at the end of the shoot, one of the singers was like, she had all this product in her hair. And she's like, I just, can you just wash my hair and blow dry it? And mind you, it's like four in the morning, okay? Everyone's like zombie status. And she's like, oh my God, yeah, of course. And she just does it. And I'm like, okay, that's a what would Justine do moment. You know, like I, I really like learned from her just watching her and her, just like watching her in her, you know. In her element. In her element. There we go. <laughs> the client always comes first. Yeah, for sure. Now that you've heard a little bit more about Justine and Kathleen's relationship, here are a few questions that they had for each other. What would your advice be 
to work with specific brands like I you know I know that you're really good at fit, like finding brands that work with you and your lifestyle what would your advice be for me oh I like this one because I feel like a lot of people do this in my opinion like the wrong way mm -hmm. so I think that when you want to work with a brand First of all, don't ever expect anything for free. Like, mm -hmm. I don't think it's right to just, like, cold call, like, reach out to a brand and be like, will you send me this? Right. Or, like, well, can I have this? Or whatever. Don't expect anything. But if you genuinely like a product or a brand and want to work with them, show them what you're capable of. Mm -hmm. Like, post a video using it, tag it, do really great content where you incorporate that brand and then you can build that relationship because if you if they see your work and see that like you produce great content or like you're a great hairstylist and you use their products they're going to be excited to work with you because every brand is hungry for content and for sure. so they will most likely repost what you're posting and then the opportunity will come for them to like organically gift you or organically use you for a shoot or hire you for something else and actually, that's how my hair collaboration started with Kitsch because I've always loved hair accessories and I was doing a lot of looks using hair accessories on my Instagram. And I'd always DM different brands and be like, oh, do you have a pin like this? Do you have something like this if I was looking for something specific? And so I was using their hair accessories organically. And then they DM'd me back because we would always DM each other. And they were like, would you ever want to do a collaboration where you did your own line? And I was like, oh my gosh, that would be so cool. And then one thing led to another, and it's been something now that I'm going on to my third launch with them, and it's just been super fun and exciting. So, yeah, that's how you do an organic, mm -hmm. authentic brand partnership. <laughs> so what is important to you in, like, a mentorship? The biggest thing for me, like I said, is you're willing to teach, and I'm willing to learn. You kind of have to be, like... Anything you do, I kind of have to be a sponge. And I, I always say, like, if I could learn, like, from a leaf falling under a tree, I would go stand <laughs> under the tree. Yes. So <laughs> I feel like you're really good at showing, and I'm really good at taking it all in. So I feel like uh, between the two of us, we work really well together. Right. Yeah. That's something that I think is so important, too, because I can give someone all the tools that they need, in my opinion, to succeed. But if they're not willing to use them nothing's going to happen mm -hmm. for them. This is something that I admire about Kathleen is she takes every tool that's given to her and uses it. And like in other circumstances, I've, I'll give like people books to read. I'll recommend books. I'll tell them like start doing this. Like a lot of what we do isn't about like the technical skills mm -hmm. that we have. It's about our energy going into a place. It's about how we can read a room and react to the situations that are around us. It's about ha being calm under pressure and it's about building relationships. Those are more important than being good at doing hair. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I, I have had assistants where I'm like, oh, you need to read this, read this book. I think it could help you. Or like, try meditating. Like maybe that'll calm your nerves, like just different things. And then if I check in in six months and they still haven't read the book or they still haven't tried like any of the tips I told them, then I don't feel like they're learning anything from me or that they want to learn anything from me. Justine, what does it feel like to be a mentor? Like, how do you feel about it? I don't think that it's something that I like go out there like deciding to do. I just think that I'm happy to help people and if people reach out to me for advice, I'm happy to give it to them. But I don't I don't go out there being like <laughs> 
I want to be a mentor yeah. <laughs> today or like anything like that. I don't think it's that um, formal. Yeah. So my last question that I'd love for each of you to answer is really just how have you seen the other person evolve over the course of your relationship? What's different today than the person you met? I think maybe there's a certain sense of like confidence that Justine has right now. And she's very like in her own. She knows exactly who she is. Not that she didn't have that before, but I just feel like it's just like a different person almost now. Uh, but in a great way, I just think that she's evolved so much. And I think the first time I like saw her as a stylist was the Kim braids. Mm -hmm. And that was like such an iconic moment. So to see her career from that to what it is now has been amazing to watch even from the sidelines. So yeah, I just think that she kind of just knows exactly who she is. And for Kathleen, I would say probably the same thing, like confidence. Mm -hmm. I think that like you've grown a lot in feeling comfortable with who you are and your work and I like that you you post a little bit more of yourself a little I'll bit. We that, get yeah. to see your face every now and then. I on post like that I'm at the gym. Media. Yeah. <laughs> Here I am. <laughs> and Kathleen, you guys listening probably wouldn't know cuz she doesn't post herself that much, but she's one of the most beautiful people. Oh my god. So and she should, so let's all encourage her <laughs> to feel more confident. Thank you. <laughs> so sweet. What's your Instagram, Kathleen? My Instagram is kathleen_hair. Very straightforward. <laughs> And you're Justine Marjan. Yeah. Follow these guys. You can see their beautiful faces. I'm getting to look at them right now. Thank you both for joining us today. Thank, Thank you so much. so much. Fun. Thank you. Thank you. What a great conversation between Justine and Kathleen. Here at Girlboss, we really believe in the power of women connecting with and supporting one another, which is why we're proud to work with Tresemme to bring you mentor memos. Like Girlboss, Tresemme believes that women should be equally represented at all levels of society. And finding and nurturing a support system can help get us there. We hope that in listening to Mentor Memos, you're learning a little bit more about how you can go about establishing your own mentor relationship. If you like what we're doing on the show, be sure to tune into the next episode to hear more stories of mentorship. And of course, be sure to rate, review, and most importantly, subscribe so you don't miss out on a single episode of Mentor Memos. That's it for now. Talk to you next week.